This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Over a quarter of the season gone in the English Premier League, 59 bets in the book. We're running at 4.94% return on investment after another winning week. We're back with more picks as we head into November. This is Betting Weekly Premier League show. You're with myself, Dan Robert, while Nigel Seeley and Jack Wright are here, as always, to highlight the best plays in the EPL. Nigel, just touched down in Vegas, jet-lagged or wide awake? I feel absolutely terrible. <laughs> I feel absolutely terrible. I've um, I've done a 10-hour flight. I've had about two hours kip. And I've got I've got the worst cold you could possibly imagine, but uh, the sun's shining. There's a backdrop there of Paris and uh, the, the, la- the lakes at the Bellagio, but um, I feel absolutely terrible. And the idea of speaking to you two about eight oh five in the morning really doesn't really do much for my <laughs> mood actually. But uh, you got that violin anyway, down, no, violin. Right. yeah, yeah. This this this, 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 tiny, this oh, tiny little. Is this, I don't know where it is. It's uh, it's in a matchbox somewhere. It's called the tiniest violin in the world. We are back in Blighty, Nigel, where we've been battered by Storm Kieran here. A lot of rain forecast as well. Uh, Jack, conditions aren't great here. I mean, just from a, a betting point of view. A lot of rain, a lot of wind around. Uh, should we be focusing on un- unders? That's that's the sort of usual stat when situations like this arise in the UK. Doesn't really matter about the weather, does it? It's just the the month, the month we're talking about. That's all we need to know <laughs> and remember the rhyme. But <laughs> I didn't want to bring well, it up. This I didn't want to bring. I, 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 I didn't want to bring so. it up this early in the show. No, hang on, hang on. I'll bring it up. Don't you worry about it. I'll bring it up. What? Dan Roebuck, right? He tweeted out something the other day. Oh, last season, like, what a load of old rubbish. Didn't do any hard work. Just done it off his little computer that he has. He pays money for some. Didn't actually put the graft in. Just got it, got it. Yeah, last season, not, not, it was 26 matches in November. We are going to a World Cup last season. Yeah. And only six of them cashed under. Oh, yeah. brilliant, Mr. Rowe. We don't work really hard to look at those 26 matches. Yes, but and I, I did, I did 21 of... and 20, backing up your stat. You didn't I've get me on the first the last sentence. last 10 years, my old friend. Last yeah. 10 years. Go on, then. 184 matches. Go on. In, pro- in 11 seasons, sorry, 11 seasons. 184 matches have gone under two and a half goals in the month of November. Okay. 165 have gone over. That's in the last 10 years prior to your Mickey Mouse season you're making about the <laughs> World Cup. 52.7% under two and a half goals. And if you t- eradicate the Man City matches and take out the Liverpool matches and all the matches where the, the dross were playing each other, the actual line is much, much higher. Also, as well, as you say, the weather is horrendous. You know, not for me, mate. I'll be down the pool in 10 minutes. <laughs> Don't you worry about me. I'll be fine. I've got um, someone here to rub sun cream lotion all over my back while you're looking at your stats. Anyway, under two and a half, 52.7%, my friends. So don't you worry about that. Don't you worry about that. All you got to remember 
if the goals go down in November. <laughs> do, do you know what? When it, well, I've, I've been to Vegas a few times. I've done these long-haul flights. And usually when I go on the plane, I don't get my calculator out and all the, the Premier League games for the last sort of 10 years. I well, might we have nothing little, to do I'm, at the bar. I'm, I'm, I'm I'll I'll sit a little bar cocktail, class, do you know mate, what I mean? Champagne fields. I'll sit in there just chatting to a few guys and have nothing to do. Laptop on. <laughs> Mrs. was having a sleep on a lovely bed. You don't get up to walk around in your cow class, my friend. <laughs> Six matches covered this week from the boys. Four 11am Eastern kickoffs. And we're going to start with Brentford against West Ham. An 11am Eastern kickoff on Saturday. A Brentford plus 105 here. West Ham plus 250. The draw plus 270. Uh, Brentford have won all four of their Premier League games against uh, West Ham. And Nigel, similar vein for you for the first pick of the show. Yeah, I'm going with Brentford. Um, not usually something I'd like to do because I think the public will be looking at Brentford after the back of that win against Chelsea and thinking, oh, they, you know, they're, they're sort of captured better's imagination against the win against Chelsea. But you know, they're a side that I can't really call in or out. But there's that what the what you said there about their record against West Ham is phenomenal. You know, they they've won every single match that they've been back in the Premier League against West Ham. They look an opponent that West Ham don't like the style of play that Brentford play. We know what they expect. They're fast out the traps, high tempo. Thomas Frank is a is a master in these kind of home matches. But then I I, I broke down a stat last week in the uh, London derbies that's going into that match last week that um, Brentford were unbeaten in their last thirteen London derbies. I think it's uh, yeah thirteen. It's now fourteen matches unbeaten in their London derbies. And already this year, this season, they've played four matches in the Premier League in a London derby against Tottenham, Fulham. Crystal Palace and Chelsea, and they're unbeaten in those four matches. I think the timing to play West Ham is bang right. Um, they had a massive, massive win in midweek against Arsenal. And again, I think the public perception is that when you have such a big win that you might sustain that form. West Ham are the most inconsistent side in the Premier League over the years. They, they're a side that you can call brilliantly against a big big club like that, that cup win, get themselves up with the crowd. And then when you expect them to win, they don't perform. Um, so I think, I think this is a good match for Brentford. I think the timing is perfect with West Ham. I, I think that match took a lot out of them, both physically and, and, and mentally. And you remember, it was a good, strong lineup that played against Arsenal. The same, virtually the same players we're playing again uh, in this match here. Brentford have had the extra rest. And I think with the record that they have, their home form this season is very, very good. Uh, Brentford has been good for, since they returned to the Premier League. They've only lost once in, the, in five in the Premier League at home. And I think here that that record of London derbies. There was something that is Brentford side and Thomas Frank like about these high tempo matches. I think they get out of the traps fast. And also West Ham have a Europa League match uh, in midweek against Olympiacos. It might not be, be important, you know, but that group is very, very tight. And there's three teams that have a good, good chance of going through in two places. And we saw last year how much the European success meant to them. And I think they might look at that game as well. A lot of football in recent weeks for West Ham. Um, their league form coming into this match hasn't been great. And I don't think they'll be able to to show the same kind of performances against that Arsenal did in, in what, a, a three-day turnaround in an early kickoff from a Wednesday night as well. So Brentford for me at plus money. Surprised to see him plus money, plus 105. I like Brentford. Uh, Brentford to beat West Ham. Interesting thing on London derbies, isn't it really, Jack? Because there is an awful lot of them and I think people know the traditional ones, but the fact that there are so many games between clubs in the capital, it is a thing for betters and it's something that we should all take notice of when assessing these matches. Yeah, you're right. That obviously the London derbies takes up a big chunk of a, a, a season for the likes of Brentford and obviously all the other London clubs. And uh, they set the tone from that first game back in the Premier League, didn't they? When they really rattled the feathers um, or rattled the cage of uh, Arsenal 
that night and, um, and made everyone sit up and take notice. And then they've gone on some, some say, great performances against like the bigger clubs. They do seem to get an extra five or ten percent, which is huge at his level in these types of games against those uh, other bigger clubs or the London Derby. So absolutely, yeah. Let's move on to Burnley against Crystal Palace here. Burnley plus 185, Palace plus 163. They are favourites to win at Turf Moor. The draw plus 220. Uh, Nigel, this is the first of your unders bets. It is November after all. I wanted to wait to this particular segment in the show to mention that, but we've talked about it already. Talk us through your unders play here. Well, I mean, Burnley have had a terrible start to the season, and particularly at home at Turf Moor. The, the three clubs at the bottom of the Premier League, the three clubs that got promoted, unless something changed rapidly, I just can't see how these three survive. It's a huge match for Burnley. It's a huge match for manager as well. Uh, Vincent Company who's under huge, huge pressure. I think if you don't win this match, I think he's he's in he's in big, big problems there. Um, if you look at Burnley's home record, they played five, lost five in the Premier League, but their their opposition has been tough. Manchester City, Aston Villa, Tottenham, Man United, and Chelsea couldn't have really asked for a, a tougher set of fixtures for them at home. So this is the first one that they've got where they've got a realistic chance of winning. And, um, you know, the Burnley fans will be really, really high. Palace, their hopes will be really high, sorry. Uh, Palace here, um, I mean, they look dreadful going forward. I mean, how we didn't, I mean, I had a bet last week on the Palace v Tottenham game, you know, but I bet Tottenham minus 0.75, uh, minus one and a quarter, 0.75, sorry. And uh, we had a half a push and uh, half a win. But how we never cashed, I know how we never got the clean sweep last week for my picks. I know it's been dreadful the early part, but we hit hit back. Ironically, time of the month as well, coming into a very important month. But um, I think the thing is, you've got to remember here as well, is that I just think that they just got no goal score, Palace. Absolutely terrible. I mean, if you look at that match, they only scored one goal in their last six matches. And that was against a Tottenham side that were 2 nil up, took their foot off the gash and hit them with a consolation goal. In the five matches previous to that, they haven't scored. No Eze, no Sahar, obviously he's gone. Eduardo Ayu, I think Premier League quality is going to get you a lot of goals. I, I just don't think so. And I look at this match here, and I think it's all about the home side. I think Burnley will will, will try to to rough it up. I think the conditions, if there is a lot of rain around, I think that will suit Burnley. They're a much more physical side than Crystal Palace. I think that will determine the kind of match we see. But just from, from geographically, I only look at the weather in Las Vegas. I mean, the south side of the swimming pool today is very, very warm, about 82 degrees. The north side of the swimming pool is a bit shadier, but in the eight, high 80s. You over there in the wind might tell me whether the uh, the, the weather in north of England is going to be... Well, but I, I don't... I'm only concerned about poor conditions here today. But I think in the north, the north of England, I think it's more the weather's going to be at the south. So I'm not quite sure whether the weather's going to have a huge impact on that. And if it does, that helps Burnley. I think Burnley probably tried to be struck tongue at the back, try to get a set piece and win it 1-0. And Palace, Roy Hodgson, I think the way he plays, I think he'll go here and try to be a 0-0 or a 1-0 result. We saw a match very similar to start the season where Palace went to Sheffield United and ended, but I'm sure it was a 1-0 win for Palace. I think it's that yeah. kind of game again. Um, I'm going to go for the under two and a half goals. It's, it's relatively short in terms of betting that we do on this show, minus 142. But I think if you want to have a little bit, if you want to go with my theory and think that goals are going to go under... I think maybe if you want to be a little bit more speculative with your bets, you might want to go under one and a half because I feel that one goal here will win it. Uh, I wouldn't like to say which way. It's a huge match for Burnley, not so crucial for Crystal Palace, but Crystal Palace just do not offer a goal for it. So I'm going to go under two and a half goals here at minus 142. Just very quickly from both of you, Burnley to go down plus 135. Jack, is that a play or a wait and see, or do you think they'll get shorter? They'll get shorter if they um, don't pick up the three points here. So we we keep 
seeing them restricting uh, as far as price is concerned. So, um, yeah, I, I fear for them, to be honest with you, because I just think they've had too many changes. They're playing, trying to play too much of an expansive game of football, which we've seen sides that have come up before fail to do. And, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if company, if he's not pushed, will, will walk away from it because he wants to try and protect that reputation a bit as well. I, yeah, think, seems- I think that is a bet really, Dan, to be fair, plus 135. And I'll tell you why I think it's a bet. Because who else is in it? Who else? Who Honestly, let's be honest with you now. How many teams are going to be relegated from the Premier League? We know two spots have gone already. Sheffield United have gone. Luton have gone, right? So really, who else is in the battle? Bournemouth? Bournemouth and Burnley, do you think? I mean, it was a big win for Bournemouth, wasn't it, last week? I can't see Everton. unless there's The only reason Everton can go down with that points deduction, which is what you're betting against there. But really, you're looking at, Plus one forty-five in what is an effectively a two-runner race, as far as I well, can you could back them can't... both. I mean, we're going to talk about Bournemouth with Jack in just a second. I mean, Burnley are plus one thirty-five to go down. Bournemouth are plus one fifty to go down. Yeah, I mean, but the only I thing you're betting Luton to stay up over Burnley. That... Yeah, but the only thing you're betting against there is that the fact that there's a, there's this points deduction mm-hmm. that then could really cause us cause us big concern. So that I think that's that that's probably in the back of my mind thinking. But if you look at it, really, how many teams in the Premier League at this current time, the way they are, will, could get relegated? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think you're right. I think I think you're. Down. I mean, Sheffield United have gone. Luton are interesting. Just very quickly, since you've raised it, Jack, you think Luton might what stay up or just finish ahead of Burn? Yeah, I think I think the three that are there at the moment will go, um, and pretty much throughout the season, at the start of the season, I felt the same thing. I just felt that Luton's style of play was going to be different and cause teams problems sort of in that bottom half, especially at home where they can get at them and uh, pick up some points. And looking at the moment, it's going to be no kind of points total to, to finish fourth bottom. Um, these three at the bottom at the moment just can't get any kind of win. Um, Bournemouth got some tough, tough games coming up as well. So, um, so don't rule them out. I'd, I'd make it a four-horse race right now, taking the Everton points deduction out of the equation, say they get away with it at least or whatever for the, for the time being. It's down to them four for me. I can't see anyone else. A um, couple of sides have surprised me how they've done pretty well. Wolves, Everton, and these four are cut adrift for me. Just one thing, just one thing, Dan, before we just move on from that game, I just want to make a point to, to, to Jack, really. I mean, we look at the championship. Jack has a, follows the championship a lot closer than what I do. I'm a Queen's Park Rangers fan. I've given up following the championship this season. But, um, I mean, the, these teams that come up, yeah, like Burnley, he was praised last year, Vincent Company, for playing, changing the way that Burnley play. Under Sean yep. Dyson, everyone's going, yeah, oh, what? It's a breath of fresh air. Well, you're beating like, all oh, due respect, you're beating Stoke 3 0 at home. You try to play that kind of football that they're yep. trying to play week in and week out against teams like Manchester City, Aston Villa, mm-hmm. Liverpool, Tottenham, you're going to get smashed. You need yeah. to go back to what, more, more physical, make turf more a very, very tough place to go and make it really hard. The fact they're playing football and entertaining, but getting beat 4 2, 4 1. That's no good in the Premier League. All these my argument brilliant. They have to go back to basics. Yeah, my argument was always that in the Premier League, Burnley are trying to play a style of football that other teams play a lot better than them, with better players, with more resource than them. Um, and also, when you make a mistake in the Championship, you might get away with it, uh, or you'll certainly get away with a lot more than you do in the Premier League. Make a mistake in that in your own um, round, your own penalty area. Game over. You're conceding two, three every every week. You're not you're not going to be able to outscore sides, and that's where they're going to that's where they're falling short. And that's why I thought Luton knew their limitations would have more of a chance, albeit a, a slim one. 
Well, one team that rarely makes mistakes, Manchester City, they take on Bournemouth this weekend. It's another 11am Eastern Saturday kickoff and City, a minus um, 1115, extremely short to beat Bournemouth, who you can back at 25 to 1. City not involved in the League Cup in midweek. Bournemouth played okay against a, a rotated Liverpool side, but were still knocked out. Jack, you've got to play in this one, and it focuses on goals and specifically the opening 45. Talk us through your play here. I was just for that. I was going to say, give a you know, big up to Nigel the fact that we talked about him about to go on a good run, and, and he obviously did last week, and unlucky not to get a complete full clean sweep. But now he's talked about pool temperatures and that. I'll probably gloss over that a little bit more. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was a good turn around. Obviously, I didn't have the best week last week, so um, expect to see him go on a on a run now, as I say, especially this time of year. Um, but as far as City are concerned, I, I found this a tough slate this weekend. To be honest with you, looking for it, there was a couple of picks that Nigel went quite early with his picks and. I'd, I'd kind of like the look of uh, on those, but I didn't want to double up this week. So I've gone elsewhere. I looked at this one as a fixture and I was like, there's no way I can we can get a bet on this. It's pretty obvious what's going to happen. Man City are going to win. They're going to win comfortably. But with the handicap so high, the obviously the odds completely, you know, really, really out of the question to really play. I, I was surprised, but I did have a little delve into it. And one did catch my eye. And yeah, I've gone for over one and a half first half goals in this one. Um, it's at minus 122. For those of you who want to be a little bit more aggressive, this is, in, in essence, really a play on City to score two goals in the first half or two or more goals in the first half. If you do want to just go City, that's plus money, plus 110. Not a bad play at all. I wouldn't pay anyone off it, but I've gone a bit safer because Bournemouth have been to Liverpool and Brighton and took the lead in both those games. So um, we're keeping that on side with this particular play. Um, City, obviously, we know what they're like. They're phenomenal, uh, especially at home. They've just got an incredible record there. Had a little wobble, didn't they, a, a few games ago with Rodri being suspended. They lost those three games that he was out for. But they bounced back in style. Haaland's now back amongst the goals. He had gone three games in all competitions. Shock horror without scoring. Um, and he's now come back from the international break and uh, uh, got five goals in three games. So all looks well again with that Manchester City machine. So, you know, how do we get this on side? Well, we say it's over one and a half first half goals. Looking through City's recent record, they've won their last 14 in the Premier League at home. Um, 39 goals to nine, the aggregate scoreline over that period of time. And 21-4 is the first half scoreline. So shows you the goal power that is there. Um, this season, of course, they played four at home and won four at home. Uh, they scored 10 goals in that process and, and uh, only conceded twice. Um, but over one and a half goals has landed in three of the of those four games. In fact, the last three, the first one being Newcastle at home. Newcastle kind of went and shut up shop looking to try and nick a point there. And that ended 1-0. But um, still in the first half, that goal was as well. But all the others have, have kind of cruised over that line. Um, they've scored in, in three, including taking the lead. Um, so as far as um, Bournemouth is concerned, they've scored in three of those four away games this season. But all four... Of those away games, have seen over one and a half goals in the first half as well. So the combined total here sees seven of the eight games, respective home and away, see this this actual bet cash. As far as the record between the two sides is concerned, it's not a surprise to see that City dominate that as well. They won four nil at the Etihad last season against Bournemouth. They won four one at Bournemouth, and there was over one and a half goals in both uh, first halves of both those fixtures as well. Um, the last seven meetings between the two sides, uh, six have seen over one and a half goals in the first half, uh, including each of the last four. So it looked a really strong um, way of getting Man City really on side in a, in a very, very one-sided fixture. We've talked about Bournemouth 
obviously at length this season already about how poor they are. And Ariola obviously got a big win last week. But yeah, back to reality with a big bang, I assume, this week. Yeah, I think it's a really good play. And you could even split your stakes, as you were pointing out, if you just want City to cover it with a plus money play as well. But get Bournemouth on side. Like that one. Sheffield United versus Wolves next up. Uh, this is another 11am Eastern kickoff on Saturday. Nigel's got a play here. Uh, Wolves, I think, have been a bit better than one or two people have uh, thought they were going to be uh, this season. They are minus money, though, away to Sheffield United at uh, minus 107. Uh, Wolves unbeaten in four. Nigel, talk us through uh, your play here. Well, I was quite shocked by the press for this. I was quite shocked that under two and a half goals was minus 105. You're not probably shocked that my selection's under two and a half goals being, (laughs) being the 3rd of November. But I was shocked by the price. I thought minus 105 was very, very low. I thought, you know, if you compare one minus 142 for Burnley Palace, minus 105 in this game. And I think what it is, the reason why it is minus that price is because everyone doesn't expect Sheffield United to score because they're, they're shocking. And uh, there may be an over-expectation of actually how good Wolves are. Um, I was at the Emirates last week, and I know you you were, you were commentating on the match, Dan, at the Sheffield United game. I don't think I don't think I've seen a worse team in the Premier League for many years. They were I mean, they were poor, weren't they? They were they were bereft of ideas. They they're, they're absolutely nothing from an attacking perspective. They mm. offer absolutely nothing. I know it's very different going to the Emirates um, compared to playing at home against Wolves, but from what I saw from that match, that you know we were talking about Luton challenging Derby's unwanted record of the lowest points ever, but this team here could easily do it. I mean, they they could easily do it. Um, they, 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 they're not going to, you know, the, the manager's in a job purely and simply really, because I just don't know if anybody else would want to take the job. I mean, if you were a manager in the championship, why would you want to move to there and, you know, get relegated and have all that disappointment of players leaving? But usually when a team comes up from the, from the championship, you can say, oh, there's two or three players who are good enough. Oh, they're good. They can, they're complaining at this level. There was no one in that team. Not one. I know I've only seen a short like one match. But there's not one player there that I thought to myself, if I was an opposition side, I'd have anything to fear about. They look totally, totally out of their depth. And um, my only problem with Wolves is that Wolves, to me, I've said on this podcast many times over the last two or two seasons that we've been doing it, Wolves are a team that I can never read. When they're underdog, they tend to do really well, Wolves. You know, they beat Man City. They, you know, they're, they're a side that raise their game as the dog. When they're expected to do well, they let you down and they just, it just looks to me this match at minus 105. It's a potential banana skin for anyone betting walls on the road at minus 105. And I've gone for the tried and tested under two and a half goals here because I think Sheffield United offer nothing. Wolves have had a great resurgence in recent weeks under a very good manager. I mean, we, we I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. He didn't get the credit last year at Bournemouth. You know, Jack had him down as a potential relegation this year. So did I. But he's transformed them again, playing some nice football scoring goals. 2-2 draw against Newcastle. But again, it goes back to another thing that I mentioned the other week. When a team has a big, big, heavy defeat, you want to be with them on the unders the following week. They, they work so hard. You know, we saw it with the 8-0 defeat and then the following week, the unders cashed at West Ham. Could it be the same here? Um, they didn't. They put 10 men behind the ball, went to the end, but tried to get a nil-nil. As soon as Arsenal scored, you just how many? Five, six, it could be four, whatever. If Arsenal wanted to score seven, they would have scored seven. Sheffield United offer nothing. This one is a little bit different, but I just think at the price, minus 105, Given the way that Sheffield United are playing, they'll look at this match as well and think again, very similar to the Burnley match. Their fixture this has been tough. They'll be thinking this one is a real chance of getting something. And Wolves at minus 105, I just can't trust them. So I'm going to play it safe. 
Going to go for minus 105. No wins in six for Sheffield United. Well, only one point in the Premier League this season. And Wolves have got a good unbeaten run. Is it the worst start ever for a side in the Premier League? Is that worse than what Derby did? Or it must be. I think I don't, it I don't might think be. I'm not, I, I don't, don't know, anybody, actually. I can't remember any team having a worse record Hard than that. It's to be worse, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, point. I actually had Wolves earmarked for um, a win in this one before Neto got injured. And that put me off putting them forward here. Um, he's been involved in 61% of their goals this season, either scoring them or assisting them, which then led us down the path of the under two and a half goals. Nigel obviously pulled the trigger on it and um, absolutely looks a, looks a fantastic, fantastic price. When you look at the betting, I mean, if someone's Burnley, you know, minus 142, and I think the minus 105, again, is because of what we've seen this season when he's laid goals. Mm. There isn't many underbears. I know we joke about this at November, and, mm. I, and, I, and I'm only joking myself. I'm not, you know... But I do think the market has gone crazy, and and, and we, we, this time, the other thing about this time of year as well is, to, we, is the cup competition start. It's a lot of football, especially in the lower leagues. The pitches are heavy, boggy. Things change, and you know, I I just think at minus one hundred five, if this if the season had gone a little bit differently with, with goals, this match could quite easily start a years gone by at like minus 160 even, minus 150, minus 160, like four to six or something like that. In years gone by, Sheffield United Wolves at home, in a game like this, minus 105, a little bit bet mm. under even money. You, you, you'd absolutely bite your hands off for that price. And I think at minus 105, I think, it's, I think it represents a little bit of value again. Two more games to look at. We go to Sunday and Monday. We've got plays from Jack here. First of all, Sunday, 9am Eastern, Nottingham Forest against Aston Villa. Uh, Forest plus 325. They've got that good home record. Unbeaten, of course, this season in the Premier League. Villa minus 115. We're playing on the money line here, uh, Jack. And, and and I know you've, you've got Villa right pretty much every single time that you've put them up. And uh, it's Villa again for you. Mm. Yeah, it's a little bit of if ain't broke, don't fix it scenario, isn't it? Um, I'd look for again, like I said, this was it was a tough slate for me, and I've I put Villa here. I've been strong on Villa uh, all season, and you know, the more you dig into the stats, the more you're impressed by what Emery's doing at the club, and uh, they haven't let us down, have they? They've been scoring goals as they've done everything we've expected them to do. You know, they've had a couple of dodgy results, but in games that you you'd, you'd leave, um, and this one, yeah, I get it. Forest home record certainly last season was really strong. Um, but this one comes a little bit down to me to where I'll put these two sides. I think you get these little checkpoints in the season, don't you? Ten games in now is a point where you go, right, you know, where are our ratings? Wolves, we've talked about. I add down as a, as a bottom three, bottom four side, certainly. I'll probably put them around about mid-table now. Uh, Villa, maybe sixth, seventh. You know, I've got them maybe a place or two higher as well, but like certainly a lot closer to the top four than I thought. And Forest, one of those sides, I think, have regressed for me. They, they were probably a, a mid-table, lower um, mid-table side. Now, I, I, I'd put them maybe two or three places by the relegation zone currently on how they're playing. Uh, the home form, as I said, kept them up last season. We talked about it a lot. This season, unbeaten still. You look at it on the face value, you say that's not bad at all. But then when you look who they've played, they've played the bottom three, the newly promoted sides who we've already talked about, saying how atrocious they are and are likely to be sinking without a trace. So, you, you, you know, not been impressed with how they've gone about those. We got a win early on in the season when they beat Sheffield United. That's now looking even a worse and worse result as the weeks go by, that they scraped a 2-1 at home to them. Um, they needed a, a late equaliser to come back against Burnley. They needed a, an equaliser in the other game, which was against Brentford. And they tossed away a two-goal lead against Luton. Uh, two goals for them, to another draw. So, that they're not really... I was going to say pulling up trees then. That was that would have been a, a, a slip. I didn't actually mean that. But yeah, that that, that, that wasn't a scripted one. But they, yeah, they, they just 
not really been yeah sorry here we go again i'm in trouble but look i think that forest just not been impressing me at all and villa the complete opposite really been um on the game and what is different from this week compared to a lot of weeks for villa is of course they've got no european action and they didn't have any cup action either so they've had an actual week to prepare for this one with emery on the training field uh, and we said we know how highly rated he is, and that that's an, another plus point for them. So, um, yeah, I'm taking them there to go and, to go and get the win. So we, we've talked about their record in the past uh, that they're actually up there now as far as in since Emery's been at the club, which is I think 35 games now uh, as a top three side. Only Man City have picked up more points in the time that he's been at Villa. So a phenomenal record. And the final piece of that, I, I just think that I'd make Villa slightly shorter favourites than what they are here. So, uh, you know, a, a little bit of value when you consider what prices everyone else has gone off against, the same kind of sides that we've seen them play. Um, I just had a check through last season as far as the odds that we had um, those kind of top seven or eight sides going going off at. And all these sides went off short. Arsenal went off at minus 152. Brighton at one minus 169. Man United at minus 143. Newcastle at minus 135. Man City were minus 300. Uh, Liverpool minus 278. And Chelsea were minus 159, given how they were played last season as well. So uh, to get Villa on side here, a, a, a decent enough price to say, it's, it's, yeah, a bit of value, I think. But I think I'm going to stick to my guns and keep siding with Villa, uh, ride that train on. And as I, say, I think that it's a tough fixture, but one they can come away with another three points of how they play with the firepower they're showing at the moment. Dan, just one thing before we leave on Villa. I mean, I, I was looking at the prices to finish in the top four. And um, Aston Villa are six to one to finish in the top four. Now, people might laugh at that and think, oh, that Villa, not, they're going to slip up. But they're not slipping up on memory. We've got almost this whole season's worth of stats with the third best side. And Tottenham are minus 120 to finish in the top top four. Now, I'll tell you what, if someone said to me, I can have a bet, or someone said to me, you can, I could be the bookmaker and I can take a bet. If someone wanted to back Tottenham to finish in the top four at minus 120, you can have that with me all day long. But I wouldn't be happy to take much money on Villa you know, at 6-1. to one. I don't think there's much between Villa and Tottenham. Tottenham have had a very, very easy run. Very, very... They're fixed, they've played a couple of tough games, but they've had all the teams at the bottom and won, the ones expected. There's some tough games to go. And Villa, Villa are underrated. They're a proper underrated team here with an underrated manager. And at 6-1 to one to finish in the top four. I mean, the top. I think the, the top three are taken spaces, aren't they? Man City... You're talking Man City, Arsenal, and Liverpool. I think they're done. But in yeah. the, the other spot, you've got Newcastle, you've got Aston Villa, and, and and Tottenham. How can Tottenham be minus one twenty? I know they've had a great start and it's doing well, but Villa at six to one is a huge price in that market. I think it's interesting, and Jack pointed out as well. You've got to reassess these teams, and if you believe that Villa are in that bracket, then you look at the prices of previous teams in that bracket. As Jack's done with a play like this, and you think, well, yeah, Villa can win it. I think this is a good play. Uh, a shade uh, minus money. That's Forest you know, versus just Villa. Thing, just one other thing about strategy, Dan. Just sorry, I know we're just sort of moving on the subject, but it reminds me of when Leicester won the Premier League. Leicester won the Premier League right over thousand to one, and the market never, never, never changed. Never ever changed. And uh, a mate of mine never bet Leicester, but when when everybody was cashing out, so when everybody was taking their money and cashing out at sort of like four to one, five to one. That's when he said they were the biggest value of all. But that that was the point, wasn't it? There wasn't yes. there wasn't that there wasn't that many players at a thousand or five hundred, but there oh. was signi- there was significant yeah. money into the new year and in, in into Feb and March. That's when people thought, hang on, 
this is serious yeah. value at four, five, six to one. Yeah, they were going off in matches like six to four away from home where teams in their position would be like two on, minus one, minus two dollars. And that mm-hmm. is what this villa price is. This villa price at six to one is a is a market bet where the the public does thinks they're not gonna keep going. But they're up against the team that are probably the most perennial team to to throw it away from in Tottenham <laughs> in terms of you know, I mean I'm joking aside, I mean, two seasons mm-hmm. ago, last season when the Santo was Santos was the manager. He, he was manager a month for the first month. He was sacked in <laughs> month two. I mean, it, 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 happens, it happens at Tottenham. It does happen. And uh, you know that the, the fixture. I know it probably won't this time, but Tottenham is a, is a, is a play now where the public are getting stuck in and think they're a real contender. And Aston Villa way way underrated at the prices. Mm. Oh, well, first as well, we know they've got no Europe, but they lose a couple of their key players, and what's underneath that. Yeah, it's a bit, a bit thin for me. And we're talking, you know, we're talking about what key players we're talking about. But yeah, well, speaking of Spurs, Spurs <laughs> Chelsea Monday night uh, in mm. the UK, three PM uh, Eastern. Uh, Nigel, I think you'll still be in Vegas uh, for this one potentially, so you can watch it where you are. Uh, Tottenham plus one twelve here, Chelsea plus two thirty five, draw plus two sixty five. Um, they could be third by the time they kick off. I don't know if that puts more pressure on them or takes it off. But Jack, once again, we're playing on the money line. What do you like in this one? Yeah, Spurs win. Um, and again, it's pretty much a, pl- a price play. We're getting plus money on Spurs. We've now talked about the start to the season that they've had um, and whether they can maintain that or not. Yeah, I think we're probably both of the opinion, or all of the opinion that it's going to tail off a bit. Um, but I'm not sure it's going to tail off just yet. Uh, and as I said, I think for this particular matchup, to get Tottenham at plus money, Against this Chelsea side again, we're, we're, I think that's the key, isn't it? I mean, uh, the, the the key is Chelsea as well here. It's not just Spurs; it's the fact that Chelsea yeah. are extremely inconsistent. Anyway, yeah, no, absolutely. And and I've not, I've, I still can't see any like this Chelsea side. I still can't get them on side. I can't go. Oh, you know, yes, they're creating chances, but they're missing them. This this thinks of what we talked about with Brighton last season that the XG and all the rest of it, all the data is there to say. They're creating lots and lots of chances, but they haven't got anyone to score the goals. You know, they, they had a, a, a decent upturn, didn't they? They they won a couple of games. They beat Fulham. Fulham have been stinking the place out really over the last few few games, um, and they beat Burnley again. We talked about Burnley, one of those sides that are rooted to, to the bottom of the table. That wasn't really anything special. Okay, a, a decent half or so against Arsenal, but they still threw that one away. They obviously had a penalty in that one as well. Um, and then they, they ended up with a 2-2 draw there. And then, of course, last week, it was more of a reverted to type, wasn't it? They've, they've, they've hosted Brentford. Brentford weren't really at their best on that particular day. And they won quite comfortably 2-0. Soaked up the pressure from Chelsea. Chelsea huffed and puffed. They created chances. They missed chances. Then they made a couple of mistakes at the back. And, and Brentford made them pay. So, again, that's where I'm going with it. The fact that I think we're at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Yes, they might be third going into this. They were like that a couple of Mondays ago. This is another Monday night football for us, isn't it? Um, And uh, it was Fulham. They beat on that occasion, which they needed to win to go back to the top of the table and they duly did. So um, they've been there already this season and done it. I think Postacoglu's just got that aura about him at this moment in time that he can take that in his stride. And you'd imagine him keeping a lid on the the players, not not getting them to get too carried away, not putting too much pressure on them. And uh, I think he's a good deflector. He's one of those managers that you know that he's taking a lot of the attention at the moment. And I think that pays well for for Spurs. Um, the fans are going to be bang up for it. Obviously, they're going to see this as a massive opportunity to beat Chelsea. I've been impressed with Spurs. 
you can't fail to be from the start of the season. We've talked about Madison at length throughout the season already as well. Continues to impress. Looks like he's loving his football. He's all over the pitch. Watched him the other night and, and he was popping up left back and like deep midfield, forward. He was all over the place, pulling the strings. And I think, you know, again, Postacoglu's looked at it and gone, he's the guy that's going to give the ammunition to Son, who looks back to his best. He's got that smile back on his face as well. We've seen it a lot over the years. He's now got eight in the opening 10 games. Only Haaland's scored more than him. Uh, and he's loving life with, with St. Madison there, knowing that he's um, been able to make those runs and he's got a player that can pick it out instantly. And we're seeing a, a, a real good dynamic between those two. So, yeah, I think for me, looking how Chelsea are playing, I'm expecting more of the same. They might create some chances here. Um, won't take them. We'll give up chances at the back. And I think Spurs got the players to, to edge this one. Um, it should be a good good game on Monday night. Plus one twelve Spurs win. Potch going back to Chelsea. Nigel, is that a factor? Do you ever look at things like that? Well, yeah, I was just I was just about to say you need Jack's given us a great rundown. We'd even mentioned that Pochettino goes back. I mean, I look at this match and I, I Jack has gone through it. He started the match, but I, I got a feeling it might be a potential banana skin again. I mean, I just I just got I don't like these kind of things where we where we take too much of a chance on teams that have just I'm overperformed. I know probably probably in the price plus plus one twelve at plus money yeah, but I think that something sort of reverts back to norm, and I I think Chelsea will come good at some stage. I don't know whether it'll be this week, but they're not going to be off the rating they are now. It's all about ratings. I think you'll re-rate rate. I was looking at Chelsea to win the FA Cup because I think by the time the January transfer window comes in, they can have a centre forward. They could be a very very different team rated now than what you are, and they're with their record in the FA Cup. So I always like start looking at things. So I, I and I think Tottenham could be going backwards. So. I could be wrong. Um, I'm not going. I'm not going to change the bet, uh, but I'm, I'm not going to. You know, I'm not going to query because I haven't even looked at the game. But I, I, I probably, I probably swerve it personally. But I wish Jack the best because of the figures. <laughs> Plus one twelve is the pick. It's an interesting one, isn't it? I don't know what to make of Chelsea. I really don't because they can be good in flashes, but young teams are always inconsistent. A couple of final bits of business before we let everyone escape. I can't believe no one has picked Fulham to beat Man United. United are basket cases. You're not, Nigel, not fancy Fulham at plus 240 here. United are all over the place. Well, so are Fulham. Fulham aren't <laughs> exactly doing that great, are they? I mean, they're, I mean, if they're playing anybody else, I'd rather have taken Man United if they were like playing a Wolves away <laughs> and you could get a decent price on Wolves if you would get plus money. The fact they're playing Fulham does concern me. I think if you're going to bet, if you're going to bet for Man United to get beat, I think, Van, uh, Ten Hag is now down to what plus two twenty five to be your next Premier League manager to go two to one, something like that. Hmm. I mean, he's, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I just I just think Jack that there are players there now at United that know they are going to be there longer than the manager and have stopped playing. It, it feels like we've seen his movie before, doesn't it? It seems a repeat, you know. And also, I can't believe we've got a host on here, Crowbar on his own side into the show. That's an interesting, uh, interesting <laughs> dynamic. Who'll be your next manager there? Is it Nagelsmann? Is it Nagelsmann to be your next manager? Well, I don't, he's just uh, taking charge of Germany, isn't he? So yeah. I, 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 was, I, I, was, I, I don't know. Well, I, I don't know who's going to be the next manager. It's, 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 it, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Robbo's still free and fancies it. I don't know. Um, well, if, he, oh, if he is, oh, out, if he does lose a job. That then me and you are out of a job with the Ten Hag lookalikes. Uh, we'll have, have to go back to the old job, the Right Shed Fred Tribute Act. Last, la, last, last. You know what I was going to say because it is an under show. Of course, this was one that I was actually going to put forward as an under. This is an under. It's a decent price um, because they, yeah, no one can score goals. They haven't got. They haven't got you know the ability to score goals. You looked at the data. I won't go into it now, but there's like loads of data on this one to show that they're just not not 
creating anything at all. But the only thing going against it would be both the defences. Defences are awful. Uh, the other thing about it, just one, I know we're on. running about time, just one thing about the unders there, Fulham along that river. Oh, you know, it's, it yeah. is freezing when that wind comes in, that rain comes in in there. If they if they are whirling, whirling around there, that will make that really, really Sort that, of, yeah, that is, one, that is one to watch, I think, Unders. I'll have a look at that. Um, mm. I want your thoughts. Free $10 play on the, well, big game of the weekend, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Newcastle Arsenal, almost each a two. Um, plus 185 Newcastle, plus 160 Arsenal, plus 235 uh, the draw. Mully line play, if, if I gave you $10 each, where would it go? Jack, where would your $10 go? It was $100 last week. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, don't, I can't remember I've what you said I've used the budget last to week. come out here. I've used the budget <laughs> to come here. <laughs> I tell you what, uh, the the European show has got the old hot dog of the week, isn't they? And they're, yeah. they're talking about that. I think I make Newcastle the hot dog in the Premier League this weekend. I'd have money on them to beat Arsenal. Yeah, Nigel, draw, draw. Yeah, I, draw. I, 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 Arsenal were odd. I thought against West Ham, and yes, it was rotated side. But um, well, we'll see what happens. Should be a decent game. As you mentioned, away from home this season, have they? Arsenal, yeah. they kind of got away with it at Chelsea. They, they've got, you know, they've, they've kind of narrow victories and stuff like that. And Newcastle, we know what they've got about them. But yeah, this could be another unders for me because they've got two strong defences. So no goals in the Premier League this weekend other than at Man City. Uh, best bets for you, Nigel. Your best bet, the three that you put up this weekend? Uh, Sheffield United Wolves, under two and a half goals, minus 105. Jack? I'll go for the City game. Okay, that's um, two goals or more in the first half. Yeah, I like that one. Um, uh, Nigel, what's, obviously you're a bit under weather. As you said at the top of the show, you, you've got a bit of a cold. So I suspect for the rest of the day, you're in bed, you're taking it easy, get to bed about seven, eight tonight, just just clear your day today and take it easy because there's not a lot to do in Vegas, is there, sir? <laughs> no, I'm, you're absolutely right. You read the plan. Um, <laughs> seven or eight, when you said seven or eight, you, you, you read it as PM, it's AM. <laughs> <laughs> What's your schedule over the next few days? What are you doing? Come on, depress us I'm all. Going, I'm going to uh, see a show tonight at the Bellagio, a Cirque du Soleil show. Tomorrow, I'm at Stadium Swim with a couple of friends and uh, their partners to watch the Breeders' Cup. Then we're going to see you 2 And then I'm at the Bet Rivers party uh, on Saturday and Sunday. Do you know what? And, he, and he, he came on the show, Jack, didn't he? At the top of the show, he was all sort of down and didn't want to be here and blah, blah. Just look at him now. <laughs> You know, I think we've where did it all go wrong, boys? Where did it all go wrong? <laughs> Nigel Jack, thanks for your company. Good luck with your picks. And that is a wrap for week 11 of Betting Weekly Premier League show. Stay across all our selections and indeed content. Plenty to come from Vegas with Nigel at Because We Win. From all of us for now, it's bye.